Hello and welcome to the Fair Fitness Podcast with me, Paul. No, Jono, again. It's become a bit of a joke, really. Um, today we're going to be talking about um, a slow versus fast rate of weight loss or fat loss. Um, and the two are kind of a little bit interchangeable because a lot of fat loss obviously would increase weight loss and the not mutually exclusive by any stretch of imagination. And a lot of people sort of go about it in a fashion that doesn't usually work for them because what happens is they'll be like, oh, I want to lose a stone really, really quickly. And then you get this rebound effect. Okay. And what I'm, I'm going to go through is I'm going to go through why you might consider slow and why you might consider fast and uh, depending on what you are. But the one thing I want everybody to know before we even get into this is the, if you want to lose a stone of body weight and, or a stone of body fat, those two are completely different because I can make someone lose a stone of body weight a lot faster and a lot easier than I can a stone of body fat because when you initially start dieting, you'll obviously lose quite a significant amount of water. That's why like uh, the keto fucktards are all about keto because if they don't eat carbs, they lose quite a lot of water initially. So the weight will come straight down and they'll get that that nice six, seven, eight pounds loss in a week that everybody gets when they go on keto. And like from there, it's pretty easy because you're already over halfway, motivation's high, etc. And as soon as you start eating your habitual diet again, because obviously it's not going to be keto for the rest of your life, the carbohydrates would obviously increase back into your diet. And then water comes on and you end up being in exactly the same position, no better off. And all that you've done is every time you've sweated, you just smell like piss because you've got no carbohydrates. So you're breaking down proteins and an ammonia comes out and you sweat. So if you ever at the gym and someone on the treadmill next to you is sweating profusely and they smell a bit like urine, um, it's because they're not having any carbs. A little tidbit for you. So <clears throat> um, I'm going to go through some pros and cons of slow and steady or why you might go one or the other way. So I'm going to start with sort of a slow and steady wins the race approach because this is how I... And the reason I do this isn't is kind of away from what I'm going to go on. But the reason I make people go slow and steady <clears throat> is because that allows you to build the habits over time, the mindset, the education, all of the the foundations that I build my coaching off that all my clients learn and hopefully maintain, like after they've finished training with me. Um, all of that is built whilst we're going through everything. Like the more mistakes you make, the more learning opportunities there are. And when things are really, really rapid and when they're really fast, it's actually really hard for people to actually learn and, and understand why things are happening. So this is why I prefer a slow and steady approach. But there is always going to be an option of, of a faster approach. And <clears throat> the bigger you are, the faster you probably go. Well, excuse me. So the most important thing that you've got to factor in when you go slow and steady is that your muscle retention will be higher. 
if you're a beginner to the gym, you will even build muscle mass. And whilst you're, whilst you're dieting, obviously you're restricting the amount of energy you've got. So if you're, if you go really rapid and you go, I don't know, a calorie deficit that's stupid 700 to 1000 calories and you're not 150 kilos, then it's going to make a huge difference to the amount of energy you're going to be able to put out in the gym every day. So if you haven't got the energy, your gym sessions, your workouts, your day-to-day life just sucks. And I'm speaking from experience because the first photo shoot I ever did, I I only did 10-week prep. And to put that into context, when I competed, I had an eight-month prep and I lost around the same amount of weight in those two preps. So in 10 weeks, I lost about 10 kilos. Um, so if you think a kilo a week, um, if that was pure body fat, that's 7,700 calories as a deficit every single week. So that's a 1,100 calorie deficit every single day. At 94 kilos, down to 83 I was. So it was like 10 to 11. That was like the biggest to the lowest with the fluctuations that happened. Um, I was eating about 1,700 calories, which for someone who was training nine times a week, still playing cricket and like trying to maintain a decent amount of muscle mass, I'd like to think, it was just obscene. It was just fucking stupid. It really was. It was all about, I want to look a certain way and that number on the scale dictated my success really and one it's testament to the fact that everybody can fall fully fully to it but two i've been there done it and how people feel when energy is so low so in that prep if you if anybody knew me while i was on that prep so this was what 2000 and um 2016 ish that kind of area 2017 i was just a bit I'm not going to lie. It got to the point where went, my energy was so low that I had to make a decision every time something was in my way that I could either walk through stuff or I could walk around stuff. So if I knew, um, so I worked at David Lloyd at this point, this point. So I knew that if I walked through the club room and there was a chair in my way, I would I'd probably just walk into it and just let it bump off me. Because my energy was that low that it took more energy to go around it than it did to go through it. That's how bad this was. Like the, it was just, oh, it's awful. It was awful. And I look back at it thinking, like, I'm quite glad that I experienced that. But I don't think I could ever put myself through that again. I don't think I have the mental capacity to build it with, um, let alone all of the, um, Unhealthy eating habits I may, may have um, developed in that time. I ate a full pack of bean sprouts twice a day just because they were low calorie and they had some level of texture. Anyway, obviously that rapid speed of weight loss has some detrimental effects, not only on me as a person, like my mentality was horrendous, like Everything was food focused. I was so hungry. My energy was was so bad. I did not sleep. I woke up at four most mornings to get my steps in. And I remember I used to walk two miles every morning to go and get a coffee. And I I was there 
before they opened. So I had to walk through the drive-thru. And I probably had like five arguments with one guy because he wouldn't save me because I wasn't in a car, which I just found baffling. Um, my strength went down from squatting about 150 kilos for five, six, seven, eight reps to squatting 80 for about six because I just had no energy. I had nothing in, in the tank. I, in that 10, 11 kilos I'd lost, um, in that 10 week period, I'd already lost some before this as well. Um, I would say there's quite a significant amount of muscle mass in there. Like, like I look back at the pictures and I think I look scrawny and stuff like that. Um, really wasn't a good part of my life. Um, and everything became food focused. My libido was shot. Didn't want it. Don't think I would have been able to form. I probably would have had to thumb it in, if anything. And use it as a splint kind of vibes. And all of that is kind of, those are the experiences that make me realize that the way I coach comes from my experiences. Like I learned nothing from that prep apart from, all right, I don't want to do this again. And it made me hate the process. It made me hate training for a long period of time. It made me hate tracking a relationship with food afterwards was horrendous. So after, so this all led up to a photo shoot. And I remember I booked my photo shoot at half past nine because I knew the burger shop opened at 11. So I could be in the queue for the burger shop at like half 11, easily. And I probably ate about 9,000 calories that day. So I had three Krispy Kremes, a burger, chips, halloumi fries, a full box of Cocoa Pops, about six protein bars. Uh, I had like 100 grams of oats, which is like 400 calories before you even have milk, or just short 400 calories. And then I had, then I went out for beers because I'd not have a beer in at least 10 weeks. Went out for beers. And then on the way home, I had pizza. And the next day, it didn't even look like I'd have abs. I was that bloated. I was that full. I was, I'd eaten that much that my body had just been like, what the fuck have you done? And this is, that's the very, very extreme version of a fast diet or a fast weight loss. Whereas when we look at a slow rate of weight loss, we have the complete opposite effect. Like if you're a beginner, you will, you will build muscle mass. Like it's absolutely viable for you to say yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna build some muscle mass here i'm going to also lose body fat that's very viable when you're a beginner and when you when you say that to someone it's like all oh, right sweet that's brilliant like because that is essentially them turning up if you want to turn up those are the two factors you want you want to build muscle mass and lose body fat everybody comes to me i want to lose a stern i want to turn up easy all right, but you only do that, or you only do that and maintain it through the slow and steady approach. And there was one study that looked at um, losing half a kilo versus one kilo of body fat per week. This was both in both males and females, and you got to think that like a five hundred calorie deficit a day, um, that's a three and a half thousand calorie deficit a week. And that is um, like half, just short of half a pound. It's about 450 grams a, a week. 
um, for 500 calories a day. So these are just above that versus a kilo a week, which is extreme. And a couple of things came out of the back of that was one, there was an increased strength and muscle mass retention in the lower weight loss group. And the lower weight loss group also increased lean body mass by 2.1% on average. So whilst that 2.1%, it's not going to be a huge amount. It's not like you're just going to end up looking like you've been on gear for a week. But over a 12-week period, like if some, if you said to me, do you want to add 2.1% of your body mass on? Like, hell yeah, I do. Like free muscle gains. Just because I haven't dieted as hard, like it's easier. Like, why would I not want to do that? I'm going to work hard in the gym anyway. So I might as well get the award for it just because, and I get to eat more. Like, what? All right, yeah, it's going to take twice as long for that weight loss, but I'm losing the fat as well. Like the fat mass came off in both, both groups. It's just one had to diet for longer. So you've got to think when, when you go slow and steady and when you, when you think that you want to look muscular, um, obviously females, you're never going to end up bulky because you've not got enough testosterone. I've tried looking bulky for a long while. It didn't work. Now I just, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I won't go for bulky anymore. Um, and like, I don't understand, I don't understand why anybody would look at that and be like, ah, yeah, I, I need to lose it immediately. Like, because everything we know, everything that we research, everything that I know anecdotally and what I learn from my clients and my own experiences, you, it's harder to maintain the fat you lose it. All right. And if you don't build the habits and have the mindset and have all of these things in place to hit your goals and to continue following the weight loss, it just won't happen. Okay. However, and this is like a huge however, because we do have we do have some research that suggests that it doesn't actually matter if you do it fast or slow. And this is purely weight loss. So this, like if you think um, in non-weight training individuals, so people who are very beginner to the gym that might not go to the gym, it's just all about losing body fat, increasing metabolic health, increasing longevity of life, all the stuff that we know weight loss does, sort of the prevention of obesity to an extent. Um, rapid weight loss has its place. So for example, um, my client, John, who hopefully many of you know by now, um, used to look like Santa Claus, lost his job because he lost too much weight. So he can't work um, over Christmas anymore. Um, he started at like 172 kilos. Um, and he lost, what, 45 kilos by himself before he even came to me. He was 137 kilos when he started with me. And he's averaging around 90 kilos now. All right. We lost weight quickly because otherwise... And through his own admission, like if he didn't change when he did 172 kilos, he wouldn't be here now. Like that's the reality of it. And when you've got people like that and we have a obesity rate over 30% of the population, rapid weight loss has to come into it. And if you lose 5% of your body weight, your health markers go up drastically. All right, you'll decrease your blood pressure, your lipid profiles increase, your fasting glucose, blood glucose increases, uh, sorry, gets better, 
so it would obviously decrease. Your risk of uh, diabetes and pre-diabetes and hypertension and just all of the other obesity-related factors, cardiovascular disease, cancers, etc., decrease. Right, The faster that you lose that, the faster those things decrease. So it makes sense to lose it quick. All right, And obviously, because you've got a significant portion of body fat to lose, it's like, fuck, we can lose this quickly. Okay? And obviously, if you've got a lot to lose and you start losing that rapidly, if you can maintain that, that motivation is going to be there. So like if you lose if you lose like 2.5 kilos in a week, you're like, fucking hell, like, great, this is mint. And then you continue doing what you're doing because you've seen that progress. Yes, the progress shouldn't only come from the scale. It should be coming how, how you feel, your habits that you're building, et cetera. Yes. But when you are overweight, obese, losing weight correlates with body fat loss, correlates with health markers. So we know that there are pros and cons to both losing it fast and potentially losing it slow as well, to an extent, depending on where you are in your life. However, again, version two of however, maybe I'll use a different one, but there are huge pros to the fast weight loss, like I said, the motivation. Um, and you actually have which is quite surprising. And in some of the research, it's, it's a little bit different, but you do actually have a decreased hunger levels. So because you're restricting so much and you, you, your mind almost outweighs the hunger levels, if that makes sense. So you actually reduce it, like your hunger will be lower, losing faster. And there is a reason for this. So what happens is when you when your body is... Uh, or when you're overweight or when you've got a large amount of fat mass, um, the hormone that makes you feel full, which is called leptin, which is actually produced and stored within your fat. So it's like a protective mechanism so that if you hold on to too much fat, leptin will be like, well, um, you, you're not hungry, so you're not going to eat now. As a westernized diet, British diet, US diet, we kind of eradicated that uh, by having like fast food and convenience and stuff like that, which sucks, but whilst it's very interesting it really does suck and you almost become leptin resistant so your body doesn't even respond to the leptin that's being produced so there is a theory that when someone is very overweight or obese they lose that body fat they almost become more leptin sensitive um, and what that does it increases your fullness and satiety so you actually decrease your hunger levels and that comes in quite rapidly and one of the most interesting things is that people who are leptin resistant and very overweight have a very similar response to people who are very underweight. So think about when I competed, when I was hungry, literally 24 seven, I couldn't sleep because I was hungry. Like I can actually empathize with how people who are overweight and being leptin resistant are. And it's sort of like a bell curve. So you want to be in the middle of those two very extremes. And this is why like a fast weight loss can actually manifest itself in a lower hunger signal than slow and steady. And that's why we look at the foods that make us feel full, like your fibers, your proteins, 
drinking before drinking before meals, etc. There are loads of ways we can make you feel full and eat less, but a lot of it comes from how your body responds to food as well. And the more leptin that you produce, and the more sensitive to it you are, the better, essentially. Um, and again, you will typically find that people who are very overweight, obese, don't train. They are not weight training individuals that are exercise. So what you'll see is it's kind of an inconclusive on retentional muscle mass when it's fast weight loss, especially when you're overweight, because if you've never trained before, you get the newbie gains. But if you restrict and you've got a lot of fat mass to lose, then you actually gain muscle mass, lose quite a significant portion of body fat, all your metabolic health markers go up. So it's not a bad idea to try and lose it fast. But it does depend on one, your personality, two, your relationship with food, and three, what you can manage as well, because habits and lifestyle and, and mindset obviously just do come into this still. Then there are the cons of the rapid weight loss, which would be um, obviously it's very restrictive because you've probably gone from eating um 150% of your calories to 75% of the calories, etc. And it can be mentally challenging, um, especially towards the back end when weight loss starts to slow down and whatnot. And the final thing on this is there is no difference in hormone levels, resting blood glucose, lipid profile levels and cardiovascular health markers between losing it rapidly and slowly. So if, if you have a lot to lose, if you're someone who needs that motivation of uh, the scale weight going down, your clothes getting smaller very quickly and you want to see results almost instantly these are the things you need to look at because at the end of it as long as you keep protein high 1.6 grams per kilo um arguably even less when you're bigger because you haven't got as much muscle mass compared to fat mass you will see pretty much the exact same profile at the end of it given success it's just more mentally challenged coming out of it and you might just need a little more support. So does slow and steady win the race? To an extent, but it doesn't mean, doesn't mean that initially rapid weight loss is bad. If you need help with either of those, or you want to ask questions or anything like that, Instagram at Paul and Scott, Ellis and Scott E5. Give me a message, happy to chat. Um, and as long as you don't come on and tell me to do my research, because like some bell ended slim well did yesterday. Um, have a great week. If you need any help with coaching, just give me a shout. Always happy to give up free stuff. Um, big news this week. I am actually moving the studio, so I may be completely off social media for the week just because <laughs> I've got a breakdown of unworth of rack, which will be horrendously fun um and 
I'm going to grab Jonah to do a podcast because he owes me now. Cheers, guys. Have a great week.